0: Coming up on the Branding Deep Dive Podcast. What is estimated, there's different reports. I don't know which one's like accurate. You know how net worth things are, right? Yeah, like it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. It's all estimation, right? So we don't know the actual numbers, but every report that I've seen, every like article I've seen, is estimated he's worth. He's lost over a billion dollars in his net worth, right? Oh so, my God, bro. I know, bro, I know right? Bro, <laughs> the
1: thing is, I get hurt when I lose $20. I can't imagine. <laughs> Just a billion. I just out of your net worth overnight, bro.
0: This is Ahmed Shima and welcome to the Branding Deep Dive Podcast. If you're new here, this is a podcast where we have in-depth discussions about what brands are doing well to drive customer loyalty and how you can take those principles and apply them to your own brand. Today's a little bit of a different episode. What we're trying in the next couple weeks is to go through the news and find different stories that are trending and see what lessons we can learn from a branding standpoint that we can apply into our own brands. This week, we're talking about Adidas and Kanye. I'm sure you've heard it in the news. Let's get into it. All right, today we are talking about the Kanye West saga. If you missed it, it's been in the news. We are not gonna cover this. So if you clicked on this video expecting us to explain what happened with Kanye West, we are not gonna do that. What we are going to do is dive into the lessons and the branding principles we can derive from this whole saga, what it means for Adidas, what it means for Kanye West, and then what we can as entrepreneurs, brand build, brand builders, small businesses, what we can learn and apply to our own businesses uh, from this entire saga so it doesn't happen to us. So first off, I do think a little bit of context here, a couple of points that I'm going to mention that we'll get into. Uh, and Momo would love to hear your thoughts as well. Just feel free to chime in whenever you you got a point, right? So first thing is... After this whole saga happened, right there's reports that Adidas lost an estimated two hundred fifty million dollars worth of profit for this next year. That's two hundred fifty million dollars of profit that's quarter that's not revenue, yeah, yeah, uh, that's a quarter billion dollars of profit that they lost by cutting ties with Kanye West. Now, the other thing is Kanye West took. A giant hit as well, right? And so, when we talk about Kanye West, what is estimated there's different reports. I don't know which one's like accurate. You know how net worth things are, right? It's not 100%. It's all estimation, right? So, we don't know the actual numbers, but every report that I've seen, every like article I've seen, is estimated he's worth, he's lost over a billion dollars in his net worth, right? Oh my God, bro. I know,
1: I know, right? (laughs) The thing is, I get hurt when I lose $20. I can't imagine. (laughs) Just a billion. I just out of your net worth overnight, bro.
0: And, like, and you, you got to think about it. It's not just like a billion dollars, but it's like his baby that he built. Yeah, right? Yeah. And it's just been like taken away from him. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not deserved and it shouldn't happen. I'm saying that's what happened. I'm just giving you the facts yeah. here. I'm not. Taking a stance on it, all right? I want to be very clear on that, right? <laughs>
1: hey, she was taking these lessons very seriously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so what, what happens is, so like, I think Forbes, uh, if we look at that, like he was on the Forbes billionaire list. And mm-hmm. after this happened, he's no longer considered a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, some of the numbers that I saw was that he was worth about $2 billion, And now he's worth like $400 million, something like that, four hundred, five hundred million $500 million. That's wild. So, it's it's a giant chunk of his net worth that he just lost there, and so yeah. when I look at this, there's a couple of things that come to mind, right? Um, and I want to get right into it. I want to start with the first thing. There's a there's a book I read by Fabian Gerhalter. It's called Bigger Than This, right? And mm-hmm. what this book does is he highlights a few different examples of different brands where they take a commodity product, right? A product that everyone already has, everyone already has like a decent amu- amount of them, right? So like one example of a product that they had is like office supplies, right? Um, another example of a product they had is shoes. Actually, he, ta- he mentions a brand uh, that uh, is in the shoe game. And so they take a, a commodity product and they turn it into a, a brand that's admired, right? And respected and they're able to charge a premium, right? How do they do that? And so he mentions like six or seven, I think maybe eight different principles to actually follow like frameworks that you can use to actually turn your own brand into one of these admired brands. One of those things he mentions is beliefs or values, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm -hmm. Just the, the concept of the brand itself having certain values and standing for something and having beliefs and those beliefs resonating with your target audience. So talking about that, what we have to understand is that Number one, Kanye West is a master at attention, right? If we look at the marketing funnel, right? We start at awareness. This guy knows how to get awareness. He's stayed relevant for all these years. And you you see throughout his like trajectory, like the way you stay relevant. Uh, and if you've seen the social, social dilemma, you'll know that like, you know, the way social media works and these algorithms are built is that the more polarizing your take is and the more, uh, you know, at the end of the spectrum, your opinions are, the more that information is going to spread, right? And so he understands this. And he's, that's why he's been able to stay relevant for so long. Like everyone, like Kanye first came out when, like
1: 2000 or something? Do you remember what year? 2005 or something? Oh, man, it, it, was, it was, yeah, late 2000s. He really got big at like 2008, 2007. Like that's when yeah. he really started. And then, you know, early 2000s, early 2010s, like really good albums he dropped you know layer registration you know lay registration college drop out all those albums classics uh-huh. so yeah during that time yeah
0: yeah and so like how many rappers or like musicians even like they have a brief period of time two years three years five years ten years if you're like a goat right like if you're really yeah. good at what you do and yeah. you kind of stay relevant right but like at some point that fades right and so like kanye has been able to you know, stay in the zeitgeist per se, right? Stay in like trending on Twitter every few months, right? Like he's been able to do this and he understands how this machine works, right? And so that's the first thing we understand that like this guy knows how to get attention. When we are building a brand, like awareness is just one aspect of it, right? And if you really know your tribe, you know your people that you're trying to target, like that should give you, and understanding and the, of where the yeah. line is, right yeah, and so what and think, yeah. what he did is like in the pursuit of uh, I'm gonna kind of I don't know what his intentions were, but like often when you fall into this trap of pursuing what is being trending or being the most uh you know viral person on Twitter in this pursuit of awareness, oftentimes what happens is y- you're not able to kind of clearly see the line, and so what happened in this case is that some of the things he said. Alienated a big portion um, of his target audience, of the people yes. that support him by his products, listen to his music, and all that stuff.
1: It alienated people, you know, that were with him from day one. Um, lo- loved it you know, all his music, loved bought bought the easy, supported him. And I know a lot of hardcore like <laughs> Kanye fans, and a lot it seems that like whatever he says the will find a way to like come up with this excuse to be like oh this is what he actually means you know he's like Adidas right, right. yeah 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 like, <laughs> just, like people are like like even with this controversy they're like hey man he's he's trying to get out of his Adidas deal so he said all these things <laughs> and he lost a billion dollars but he's going to get more you know and i'm like bro what are you you know but i feel like oh, I'm, yeah. like in the pursuit and i think Kanye in general he's a contrarian in, in, by his, by nature, he's a contrarian. In the beginning, his music was contrary to what was popular in the time. His fashion, a lot of times, was contrary to what was popular in the time. And I think in the pursuit of his contrarianism, being con- like, he just wants to be contrary mm. to what, you know, the mainstream. Right. He, he went a little too far. <laughs> the to contrary, yeah. you know, Not, there, there was a lot of pushback. So it's just, I, he, I think when, when you lose sight of, the audience that follows you or you lose sight of that line or you lose sight of that, it can really hurt you. Like what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so now let's get on into the audience. Right. And then also the Adidas side of things. So that's number one. So Kanye in my estimation, right? Like he crossed a line that shouldn't have been crossed and mm-hmm. his tribe. And a lot of people felt alienated right now. Let's get over to his audience. Right. Let's talk about why Adidas like, is willing to put $250 million on the line to say that, Hey, we're not crossing this line. Why? Like, what did Adidas understand about this that Kanye didn't, you know what I mean? And here's my, here's my take on it. And this is my uh, opinion is that look, the vast majority of people that are going to be buying your products in the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years at this point in time, they're known as what? Gen Z, right? And so, Gen Z people, these are people that grew up with Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Being woke to them is like a big deal, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, uh, I'm, I'm a millennial, right? So I'm kind of uh, a little bit older. <laughs> but for these guys, it's really important that the brand represents its mission, right? Mm-hmm. And they will be so quick to call out when, you know, Adidas, Nike, whatever other brand, doesn't matter, Kanye, when they go against what their mission is or what they said they're going to do, they will call it out. They're big on accountability. They're big on transparency. Mm. Why is that? Because they grew up with fake news. You know what I mean? Like everywhere Mm. they see, they don't know what to trust, right? And so for these people, transparency is huge and the authenticity is huge, right? Being true to who you are, having a a mission and voice, and then, uh, you know, sticking to it.
1: Back in the day, like, I'm, I'm from, like, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in overseas, and my parents, I immigrated to this country. I mean, honestly, like, I really don't care, like, even now as a, as a consumer myself, uh, I don't care what Todd has to say about the current political climate or, you know, or Don, you know, my dish soap. Like, I'm just, I'm a, <laughs> Todd is a great, you know, uh, like, it's, uh, like, watching Machine brand, you know, I can watch out crazy. <laughs> Don is great. Like if they, I'm not gonna check Twitter, I'm not gonna check their values and be like, "Hey, what are they standing for?" But that's what that's where really the consumer market is moving to. Like, if you are problematic or you're saying things that are against or you're doing things that are against your what your values and missions say, people you will get boycotted. I remember. Do you remember a long time ago the H and M thing where they had. The the big like the 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 shirt that said uh, it was that. like it was like it was uh the the kid it was a black kid he was wearing uh it was like you know it was like I forgot what the shirt said but it had like something to do with the monkey and it was like the black mm. kid was wearing it, right it was like it was like coolest monkey in the jungle or something like that and they just had the black kid wearing <laughs> it right something like that and it was like like it was like if they had any other you know. It was just a bad look, you know? And then when, when Twitter got a hold of it, people were screenshotting it, sending it. I'm like, dang, man, you know, I can't go to H&M now. You feel me? Like, like, it's just a bad look at this current time, moment in time. And people like people will, you know, hold you accountable, like we were saying. We've seen countless examples of that in recent times. Mm. And that's really where the market of consumerism is moving.
0: 100%. Like, Momo, like, uh, we can get into the examples, right? We got... You know, back in the day we had Michael Jordan and the, the, if, you, if anyone's seen The Last Dance, everyone that's seen it, they know the whole saga about Republicans buy sneakers too, right? So yeah. basically what happened is there was a political campaign that was happening and they asked Michael Jordan to be like a sponsor and let, help out like and, and give lend his voice to the cause, right? And because he was a black athlete, they were like, oh, like, of course he would help us out, right? Michael Jordan refused. He wanted to stay apolitical. And his statement, his famous line from that time is that <laughs> Republicans buy sneakers too, right? So he he didn't want to align himself with the Democratic Party and like put his weight behind it because he wanted he didn't want to alienate his Republican fan base, right? Mm. At the time, that was the more profitable stance to take, right? But now, we, like we fast forward, I think you remember when Colin Kaepernick's whole saga happened, right? Where where he got uh, dropped from the 49ers, and then mm. Nike releases this killer ad, which yeah. is just yeah. incredible yeah. marketing and incredible the black and white, the tradition. black and white, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just, that was and, and like, it was, it, it was so genius, right? And it was yeah. like, the, nowadays, what you have to understand is that the people that are your, they buying your products. They care about this, right? They care about where you stand on certain issues. And so I don't remember the numbers exactly, but I remember like Nike actually, the market cap actually increased after that whole situation happened. And just the awareness that that raised for the company, right? Like, um, again, this is a, a function of like all these algorithms, all these social media platforms. They are trying to polarize, right? Those are the takes that actually work. And so brands that understand that these polarizing takes, sell lean into it right for better mm-hmm. or worse right and so yeah uh yeah like we we're using we're using examples that are on one side of the spectrum but i'm sure you can find examples and like very loud vocal tribe members on the other side of the spectrum too. that you know are you know i'm sure there's people out there i haven't done my research to that level but i'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are like no kanye is right kanye they support kanye you know what i mean like there, there is because if you look at any yeah.
1: youtube comment section which is where you find both ends of the spectrum in every two section, There were people like, "Hey man, you know, I think Kanye is right." Like, uh, you know, like if you see like Andrew Schultz video, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, basically respond, like commenting, he like basically made fun of Kanye, and Andrew Schultz does that. All the comments were like, "Hey man, you know, Andrew's bought out." I I never thought I never saw the day you know oh, Andrew really? would get woke. Like there was a lot of people hating on that video from because Andrew was like. Andrew Schultz is a comedian. You know, we're, we're getting a little bit off topic here, but Andrew Schultz is a comedian. He had he was very like middle middle of the line, you know. He he kind of told that line of staying mostly like apolitical. you know yeah. apolitical, right? So then when this issue happened, this this is a clearly very dis- divisive issue, right? So when he leaned really yeah. hard into one side, a lot of his fan base was like, "Hey, bro, you know, I thought you were a real guy, you know, I thought whatever, I thought you spoke to my values Yeah,
0: so uh, that's another thing like you know how i knew it was a big deal here's how i found out about the whole uh kind of thing because i'm i'm not on i don't have any news platform i'm not on twitter
1: like i barely guys uh, chima is a phd of maturity okay
0: this guy you know (laughs) he's
1: he's off social media he is mature okay this guy's a real millennial (laughs) <laughs> so
0: here's here's how i find out about it i'm on youtube and casey neistat dropped a video no way casey that.
1: yeah really yeah yeah, yeah. And,
0: and you know K- casey does not get political except for like maybe one or two videos in the past he's gotten political that i can remember right and yeah. like you got to remember this, this is casey where he moved to la he stopped posting daily vlogs for like years and then recently he came back on and he's, he's not posting daily, but he's posting like semi-regularly. Right. And then mm. one of his videos is just talking about Kanye and then his own start. Cause he's Jewish. Right. So he talks about his own feelings and his sentiments. Mm. And I was like, Oh man, like this is a big deal if Casey yeah. Neistat is talking about it. Right. So yeah. that's, and I think Casey Neistat just represents this whole, like this audience that cares about what the, the products they buy and the brands they represent, you know what I mean? And the, mm-hmm. the values of the brands that they represent. So coming back to the Gen Z piece, right? So talking about Gen Z, the IBM Institute for Business Development, they released this study. And I was going through this. I'm going to summarize it for you. I'm not going to give you the, all the details. But basically, they labeled they did a study on Gen Z. And they labeled them into three kind of buckets, right? Two of those buckets were brand devotees. So like basically super fans of the brand, right? Like they they will go out of their way to promote the brand right? They Mm -hmm. love the brand. And then there's um, brand connectors, right? People that want to connect with the brand. They want to talk to the brand. They want to have a relationship with the brand, right? They want to see that the uh, brand reflects their value. So they basically said 28% of Gen Z is brand devotees, okay? 48% are brand connectors. Now that's 76% of your entire market of Gen Z if we're uh, uh, combining this, right? 76% Mm. of people that care about what the brand has to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like in yeah. the past like you said like it was just like hey, where can I get the best product? Where can I, you know, like I need my dish soap. Let me get some dish soap. You go to the store, yeah. right? But now Gen Z has grown up with this kind of it's this age of rapid information where like they can literally look up a company, their values, all this stuff on their phone in like 2 seconds. Not only yeah. can they look up everything at the at the, you know, touch of their fingers but they can also make their statements at the touch of their fingers right like whereas in the past you'd have to go to the store and then you're limited to the actual selection that the store had so like oh like Tide said something that I don't like too bad like what what else am I going to go with there's like three other options here one is a generic store brand what is Arm and Hammer what is Arm Hammer what is Tide you know like
1: so like and back in the day you have to think about like in the 1990s early 2000s you're not gonna be like, okay, which political party does Tide represent? Right. You, right. you know you can't look it up, you know.
0: I, mean? I you need to, look to look wash it. my soap. I need I need soap for my you like, know, I need detergent, you know, yeah, so whatever it is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I need to wash my dishes. Like there's no way you're gonna go. No, no, out no Tide is for those, but You know what I was talking about, Tide. you know, like but like <laughs> I'm talking about like don't, you're not gonna go home and download that mm, mm, old internet and yeah, you're look yeah,
0: up yeah, yeah, no no one's like, going through, like, the investor relations, seeing, like, what they have to say, the mission statement, yeah, all this stuff.
1: Yeah, like, no ever, like, but, the Tide walk with Martin Luther King, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's, <laughs> looking nobody's looking that up, you know? Like, but now, but, hey, like, where where does Tide stand on this issue, you know? I really hear, I want to hear what Tide has to say, like. Yeah, and yeah, you're and,
0: right, and like, so, like, God. nowadays, companies have to have, like, social media accounts where they're speaking out about these kind of things, right? And yeah. so, um like like, for example, another example of this is, like, Back in the day, right? During
1: before, before before we go on a tangent, what was the third bucket in that IBM study?
0: It's it's pragmatists, brand pragmatist. And so these are people that are actually looking for the best value. Okay. So, right? so that's that's the smaller chunk of people.
1: That's that's genuinely fourteen percent of Gen Z? Yeah. It's not about like it's not about value is what you're saying. For me, like yeah, that's how I, I, I look at the products and I think I, I, I think you do too. You're looking into what the brand, like, is this the best product that I can get for my, bu- you know, bag for my buck, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I'm, no, I'm not, a, I'm not like that. No, I look You're at like... You're not a bang for the buck? No, I'm more of like, I see an ad on Instagram. This yeah. shirt I'm wearing actually consumer. got an ad on Instagram. Okay? You're a consumer. And I, and I was like, hey, like, the way they pitch this, actually, like, this makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, this solves the problem yeah. I have. You know yeah. what I mean? So like... um that that's more. I would put myself more as like a brand connector. I'm not. I don't yeah. think I'm an advocate. Like I don't go out of my way to like, hey, I love Nike. I love this. No, because I, I mean, you know, it's. At the I'm end of the always, day we're I'm, I'm
1: like that with a few brands, and I think we talked about them on the podcast yeah, before, Roy. like Belroy, Belroy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Honda. I'm a very big recent. Mm. And this is only recent years because my uh, my car right now is 180 thousand miles Honda Accord. Mm. 2008 running strong come to the ass. you know, it's been keeping me going. So I'm a brand devotee in terms of that, because they're so reliable. good on gas. Mm. And i am like, Hey, get a Honda, you know, get the, I'll probably be a Honda for life for lifer. But in terms of other products, like I'm looking at shoes, I'm looking best shoes for standing all day. And I'm looking yeah. at the best shoes in, in the top of, in the name of the game. And I think like, you're right. A lot of times people are moving from that. Like my baby sister, she's a Gen Z she's 13 years old. Her friends have crocs, she got crocs. Her friends have yeah. air forces, she got air forces. It's what it's what really what the brand stands for. It's not, oh, these are the best and most comfortable shoes. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's really more 100%. about what does this brand represent. You know, like what, you what, gotta, what image is a brand giving? You got to think about it more like when you
0: have so much choice, right. Then everything becomes a commodity. And then what separates yeah. you, right. Especially like when we're talking about shoes, right. Like shoes or like articles of clothing really like what differentiates you can't actually be your product. Right. Yeah. Unless you got like just some weird designs, right. Like yeah. that's one way to differentiate, but like really like for the vast majority of people, how you're differentiating is the values you have. Right. And so like, what Kanye represented before was kind of like this creative, you know, free spirit, like, you know,
1: counterculture, kind of. counterculture yeah. kind, of, yeah. kind of
0: vibe. Right. And so now, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that, but uh, I want to talk about Adidas again. So my opinion and my take here is that I feel like Adidas understands this concept, right. And that they understand where their audience is. And they yeah. understand that, yes, like in the short term, they're taking a massive hit, right? Like $250 million in profit just in one year. If we put like a 5X multiple on that, right? This this brand is worth like that's a, a billion dollars in profits in five years, right? And so yeah. brand's worth much more than that probably. So regardless, like they took a big hit financially in the short term, but in the long term, I think the the market will reward them, right? Like they have distribution. Yeah. They have... Uh, products they have everything you need to kind of take all they need is the next influencer to come in and come up with like a new idea a new design, and then boom you 're on you 're on the money right it's it's I make it sound simple I know it 's not that simple if you 're in the design of shoes so, i 'm sorry for offending you uh, <laughs> but my point is in the long run, I believe that adidas will be okay' one hundred percent
1: yeah 100%. Right? because the thing is I bet you adidas saw that hashtag boycott adidas. And their top, the top heads of the departments were sweating bullets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, the last thing you want in today's day and age is to be Just a to negative hashtag. It's to be a yeah. negative hashtag, like, and get canceled. Like, it really, like, I remember this happening with H&M. And every time I drive by an h H&M, and I remember that incident, right? Like that, you know, the the the, the shirt with the blackhead and um, wearing that. I remember that incident every time I drive by an H&M. h yeah. and I never really shot at H&M to begin with. But I remember that because it was so big on Twitter, you know, and I was on Twitter right. at the time. I remember that, and it affects the image, my the image of the brand forever because it was such a like uh, oversight on their behalf. They just didn't have somebody in their diversity equity, and just you know whatever department look at it before you release it. You know, what I'm saying if you one person of color, you know, <laughs> just had to look at that, and it would you know it would have got through like, hey, maybe we maybe we should not put this shirt out, or maybe we should get a different <laughs> model for this shirt. You know, so. It really, like, it was a big oversight. So, and it's very hard for a brand's image in the future, like, to recover. But with Adidas, because they put out that statement and they came back quick, and they're like, hey, man, we're losing money on this. I just want to let you know, we are putting money (laughs) where our mouth is. We are losing money on this, but we care about the values that we, you know, we say we care about. So, we're putting money where our mouth is, and we're dropping our relationship. So... I think, like you said, in the long run, for sure, it's gonna be a dub for Adidas. They're taking a two hundred and fifty million dollar this year, you know for yeah. sure what so now, and
0: the the piece here is that when we talk about like any any brand is going to go through some level of crisis, right? If you're in business Mm -hmm. long enough, you're going to go through something, whether it's a lawsuit, whether it's kind of bad press, whatever it is. And so what defines your brand in these moments is how you respond to it. I don't know, some people are saying that, you know, they took too long to respond and, you know, that's a discussion for another time. But what I want to just highlight is like, how do you actually respond to these things? Basically, it's it's really simple, right? Number one, you have to like acknowledge that it's a problem, right? Like we messed up, right? And you have to say, hey, I'm sorry we messed up. Number two is you overcorrect, right? No. So I don't, I don't know. I didn't do the research to see like what the statement was from Adidas officially, um, but <clears throat> we do know that they corrected the issue and they they canceled ties with. They,
1: they, they, so they, they canceled ties with Kanye. They're not selling the, his products anymore and they will not be giving money to all to his companies and his future companies. Right. Let's
0: just kind of take a step back. And for the people that are listening, they have small businesses, they're entrepreneurs. They, they work with people to build brands. Uh, you know, our target audience that we're talking about, you're probably thinking like, why are we talking about Adidas? Why are we talking about Kanye? What does this have to do with me? I'll tell mm-hmm. you what it has to do with you. Right. So number one, the first thing we have to understand is that in today's day and age the vast majority if you're targeting gen z you have to at least consider this fact that values and how you communicate your company's values mean something you yeah. can legit build an entire your differentiating factor can be your values we look at bombas right like their mission is to help like they're 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 a sock company right but their mission is to help with homelessness, right, and so mm. for every sock you buy, they also donate a pair of uh, in charity, right, and so mm. their socks are priced higher. There's uh, they charge a premium for them, but you're basically buying two pairs: one for you and one for uh, someone who's homeless, right, and so mm. that is like a mission, a value that they have, and then because of that, this brand took off. This is one of the most profitable deals. in I think Shark Tank history, I, I think this mm-hmm. is Damon John's most profitable deal that he made on, on Shark Tank. Right. And so that's like one example. Uh, another thing we know about is like recently we've been seeing a lot of this, right. Nike, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, we have Aunt Jemima rebranding. There's, uh, you know, Washington Redskins changing their name, right. There's a lot yeah. of these examples. We don't have to go into all these, but like the reason they're happening is because the target audience wants a brand that they can connect with and feel like they mm. represent their values, right? Yeah. And so you have to listen to your, your target audience, your customers, uh, and take their feedback and, and adapt with the times, right? So that's number one. Number two, when crisis hits, which it inevitably will if you're in business long enough and you're actually disrupting the place you're in, right? When something happens, you have to accept responsibility, own it, and the, the person at the top needs to own it, right? Like the CEO has to come down. Uh, I, I know there's a couple of examples. So uh, in 1982, uh, there was a big thing with Johnson Johnson where Tylenol, there was some Tylenol that was laced with cyanide, and basically seven people died, right? And so what happens is Johnson Johnson basically spends $100 million. This is $100 million. In 1982,
1: not in 2022, right? Oh, that's big money. So, Almost uh, as much as Nike lost. <laughs> <laughs> or not Nike. Adidas, Adidas. Adidas, oh, yeah. Adidas. So yeah.
0: they spent $100 million. They issue a recall of every single Tylenol bottle on every shelf ever. Mm. They literally mm. recall every single thing. And they do like a complete like rebrand. And the CEO apologizes like, hey, we messed up. We're doing this complete rehaul. Like, a lot of people what they would have the, you know, when we get into it, like it really it becomes like an ego thing, right? Like if you're not willing to accept the responsibility, then people aren't gonna respect you as a leader. Right. And so if yeah. your brand is in a space where like you have a certain mission and the people at the top are not willing to take responsibility for when someone messes up, then you know, you're gonna be in trending saying, you know, whatever, you're getting canceled at some point. So yeah. the, the point is they spent a hundred million dollars and what happens is they took a brief hit in their stock price and then within two months, they're back at 52 week highs. Mm. right? So like it had a momentary impact, but like it recovered within two months to even like higher heights uh, of their stock price. And so the point is like when this st- kind of stuff happens, this kind of bad press happens. Yes. Initially you'll have a little bit of a, a bad spike. I think right now, if we look at macroeconomic trends as well, we may mm. see a, a longer you know, down downward trend because just, you know, the entire stock market's uh, kind of in a in a bad spot with, uh, you know, the economy in general. So, but eventually it will kind of come back up, right? And this is yeah. a decision that will earn them trust with their target audience even more. So talking about Adidas, right? So that's the second thing is like, when you have crisis, number one, accept responsibility, own it, and overcorrect, right? So like, what uh, you may have the tendency to do in a situation like this, like if you're in the shoes of Johnson and Johnson. You may just be like, you may release a statement like, oh, we know it happened at this uh, Ohio facility. I don't know where it happened, right? I'm just making mm. up uh, of a place, right? So we know what happened at this Ohio facility. We just shut it down. We fired the employee and now we're back to business, right? It didn't, It didn't happen anywhere else. Everything that went from the Ohio facility has been recalled. You could do that, right? Mm-hmm. But that like still leaves room, like people still have that doubt in their mind, like, oh, can I trust Tylenol? You know what I mean? Yeah. What they, so what they did is they're like, no, let's get rid of everything. But similar to what Adidas did is like, no, let's get let's shut the whole line down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's uh that's one thing, right? Uh, or that's the second thing I should say, right? So overcorrect, right? So acknowledge, overcorrect. So the last point I wanted to make is that like when we talk about differentiation in your marketplace, right? using the beliefs of your competitors can be a very good example of a way to differentiate right so i'll give you an mm-hmm. example of apple here right so google for example collects over uh, you know a ton of data facebook collects a ton of data um all these tech companies that make tech products collect a ton of data and apple recently came out with this whole advertise this ad was so brilliant by the way the ad the, the click the click have,
1: for the privacy yeah.
0: Yeah. So like the click at the end, but like basically, yeah. uh, you know, throughout the day, he's just, people start following him, right? Like, so he's mm-hmm. just going throughout his day or whatever. He goes into the taxi, a person comes in with him, right? And then like at the end, like he gets to his apartment, and there's like 300 people in his apartment, right? Just tracking what yeah. he's doing, right? Yeah. And so then he just clicks the privacy thing and boom, they're all gone. It's just yeah. him, right? Anyway, the point is that because Apple knows that, the competitors, their main business model, and one of the main ways they make money is through advertising and understanding the data of their users. Apple's core business is different, right? Apple makes money on the hardware, like selling yes. iPhones. Like they don't make money on selling data. The so they can do,
1: getting you into like all yeah, their yeah. products. So what,
0: yeah. So what they're able to do is then say, hey, look, at Apple, we care about privacy, right? We care about this. And then they use that as a value and a differentiator against the competition, right? So and then they put their money where their mouth is too, right? So like, like that. I think it was pretty groundbreaking when they a- added the um, Ask App Not to Track feature, right? So yeah. like literally uh, overnight, you know, destroying Facebook's business model, but... Um, <laughs> Goodness gracious,
1: that hurt Facebook. I know Mark Zuckerberg was hurt when they came out. Why do you think athlete. he's
0: pouring all this money into Meta, man? He's like, I mean, gotta yeah, no, figure something I, out. <laughs>
1: You're gonna have to do something to differentiate because literally, Apple took a massive hit out of Facebook. You know, uh, stock right. like uh, stock prices. Yeah, yeah, and so
0: that's that's the point I want to make is that like, look, what as a as a small business or brand, like we're like we're talking about people that like if you're competing in your local market, right, and you have a social media account, like you can pick one of these things, find what your competitors like. One of the things that you know, one of the beliefs you can have that'll differentiate you from them and then just use your messaging and your marketing around that. And then you have to walk mm. the walk as well, of course. You can't just say like, oh, we're into privacy and then also collect the same amount of data that Apple, uh, that Google and, and Facebook do, right? Apple yeah. also collects significantly less data. Uh, and there's been a number of stories where like governments have asked uh, Apple for like certain data or certain phones and they're just like, hey, no, sorry, right? And so- Yeah, we we'll don't um, that data yeah yeah so that so they walk the walk too right because again as we talked about if you don't walk the walk then you're just gonna get canceled and you're out of here
1: i think the biggest the biggest takeaway here is really like to understand as a as a from a personal brand the effect that um your personal brand has right so you see this with a lot of modern you know in, in today's society where the argument of like, okay, well, we're just people; we can say whatever we want. Why, you know, why, why does it matter? You can see it, with like for example, like Kyrie Irving. You know, he has a lot of like hot takes. He always gets in like hot water, hot waters, and 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 you 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 see it like in interviews. He's like, you know, why can't I just be like a, a you know regular person? Be you. Could share whatever on you know our Instagram stories or tweet whatever. Nobody's really gonna care, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like unless it's catastrophic, nobody's really gonna care. You know, if we have some mildly hot take, but with when you when you when your brand is really tied down to uh, your personal brand, you have to be careful. You have to be careful in the things that you say and the things that you do and how you carry yourself. And I think a really good example of that is. Uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, Kevin Hart is, you know, he's a comedian. There's a lot. His personal brand is tied to a lot of different things. Um, he'd be on podcasts, you know, and he's, at, for example, he has be on past podcasts like, "Hey, do, you know, do you want to, you know, smoke drug, smoke weed, or you know, partake in these drugs or any of that." You know? Because my 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 personal brand really is connected to a bunch of other different brands, and it, this can cost a lot of people jobs, you know. Like Elon Musk, for example, when he went on Joe Rogan, smoked weed, (laughs) stunk Everybody at Tesla had to get drug tested, you know? Like his action affected a lot of different things. So we have to think about like as a personal brand, when, if you're a, you know, if you're a company and you're the head of a company or involved in a company, you have to think that how your actions can affect the brand that you're working with. We are way past, you know, the, the age, you know, like you said back then back in you know the 90s and the 80s and the early 2000s where you could be like as a personal you know personally i don't really care just buy the product you know it's really we're really far far gone from the era where now you have to be like your personal brand and what you stand for heavily affects how your product sells
0: the reason why the easy brand in the first place was worth like a billion dollars is because of that personal brand of Kanye West, right? Like heavily influenced by that. Um, And so, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Like you, you got to be careful um, and and you got to think through all the impacts because really like nowadays information spreads so rapidly, so quickly and that perception people have in their minds of your brand can change like this,
1: right? Right, On a dime. Like it doesn't matter if they've been
0: using your tide for like, Years, right? <laughs> you say one wrong statement is like, oh no, I'm going to Arm & Hammer now.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Arm & no disrespect to Arm & Hammer. I know I made some jokes. Arm & Hammer is a great brand. I use Arm & Hammer personally. Great brand. I just want to l- l- make that l- be clear.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this type of discussion and want to hear more, please, please get involved in the conversation. Go to our YouTube page, search Branding Deep Dive. Leave a comment on this video so we know that you're enjoying this and we should do more of this. Now here are my key takeaways. Number one, customers nowadays want the brands they support to identify with their values. So you have to know your tribe and be authentic to your mission. And number two, when crisis hits, accept responsibility quickly and overcorrect, even if it means short-term damage. And that is all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.